Welcome to the CompTIA BizTech Podcast, where we talk with industry leaders across our communities and councils to discuss business challenges, opportunities, and strategies for success. Okay, it's time for another Advancing Tech Talent and Diversity Community Podcast. Uh, hi there, I am Yvette Steele, and I am the leader of CompTIA's Advancing Tech Talent and Diversity Community where we change lives and improve businesses through the development of tools and resources focused on diversity, equity, and inclusion, workforce development, and career development. So my mom used to say, when you know better, you do better. And we're all about helping folks do better, not for themselves, but also so that they can help others do better too. So thanks for listening in. Uh, today's topic is near and dear to my heart leading the diversity charge when you're not in charge or whether or not you're in charge. Um, it's one of those dilemmas that millions of workers share. Uh, we get stuck in the belief that we need a title or authority to drive change, where in actuality, you can lead from wherever you're standing. So sometimes it's the little actions that you take like interrupting the interrupters when they talk over marginalized individuals, calling out the lack of diversity on panelists at company events, or encouraging leaders to host courageous conversations in support of colleagues impacted by racial violence. The key here is to model behaviors, set the example, be the change to see the change. That's exactly what my three guests are here to talk about today. So what does this look like? Uh, what are the risks and the fears that need to be overcome? Um, when to lean into your courage and when to step back? This work ain't easy, but it's rewarding. So have a seat in your favorite spot, take a deep breath and savor the soup for the soul. Be sure to search uh, CompTIA's Advancing Tech Talent and Diversity Community online so you can join the community, connect with us on LinkedIn or the CompTIA forum. We'd love to keep the conversation going. So without further delay, let me turn it over to my guest today. Uh, please introduce yourselves, uh, let us know who you are, where you work, what you do, and a fun fact about yourself. Uh, Caroline, let's start with you. Hi, Yvette and everyone else. My name is Caroline Smith, and I'm the owner of DataWorks Consulting. We're a managed service provider in the Seattle, Washington area. Um, and one fun fact about myself, I love playing video games and my guilty pleasure right now for video games is Animal Crossing. And I've been playing a lot of this with COVID and quarantine. Awesome. We have a gamer. <laughs> Suzanne, how about you? <laughs> Thanks, Yvette. And hello, everyone. I'm Suzanne Tedrick. I work as an Azure infrastructure specialist for Microsoft where I help my clients understand what their cloud migration journeys will look like, taking in mind their uh, business and technical constraints. Um, I'm gonna pick a new fun fact. Uh, I am a comic book collector. Uh, previously, it was all just about DC, but now I'm really in love with a lot of independent uh, graphic novels. Awesome. Boy, look at all this entertaining. Uh, my, my closeted, uh, friends who have all these lovely little pleasures. This is cool. Okay, Val, <laughs> what's yours? Uh, so I'm Val Haskell, and most recently I worked at SAP in a global business development role, uh, working with the channel partners focused on cloud, and my job was to help them grow their revenues. Um, 
what I am doing now, I am just helping other companies grow revenues as well. It's my big focus. My fun fact, uh, this is hot off the presses. I'm trying to learn how to play Frisbee golf. What kind of golf? <laughs> Frisbee golf. What? <laughs> yeah, at the end of my street is a Frisbee golf course. And I lived here for six years. And uh, just in the pandemic, you know, you're looking for things you can do out. Or, you know, for me, I like to be outside. So I went and bought a Frisbee golf disc and it turns out it's not the same thing as Frisbee. Uh, so I am a disaster at this game. And uh, every time I go, some well-meaning person either approaches me. It's usually, I have someone approach me offering to help me with my game <laughs> or I approach someone begging for assistance because I'm, I'm pretty much awful. Uh, <laughs> so you ladies sure know how to have fun. That's a beautiful thing. Uh, my idea of fun is just uh, being quiet and alone with a book. <laughs> just so much chaos. I'll just take that for now. Um, but let's get started with the, you know, with our conversation. So I want to begin by just, you know, putting it out there about uh, last year's events of racial injustice spurred many organizations to take a public stance on diversity, equity, and inclusion, while other organizations focused on it for the very first time. So as our panelists for today's discussion, our audience may have already noticed that your job roles aren't necessarily related to diversity efforts, yet you're making an impact in your own way. So let's begin by letting our listeners know why this work is important to you and how you walk your talk. Who wants to start us off? I can go ahead and, and start that. Um, so for, for me, although I don't wear a DEI title officially, um, I am of the very strong belief that diversity, equity, inclusion really does have an impact on the livelihood of businesses, not just mine, but you know, everywhere. It's you know, when we have diverse voices in the room, when we have diverse talent, it is when we make more innovative products and services, and we're not contributing to the continued mar marginalization of, of many different communities. So I, I feel like it's, for me, it's a given that, that this is something that I should be doing and integrating into my work. And then on a, on a personal note, it would be very difficult for me uh, as a woman of color to ask other women of color to you know, lead this effort without myself going and, and doing that in real life. I can't just sit on the sidelines and say, do this without, you know, putting my own personal stake uh, into it. And so uh, a lot of my efforts are, you know, contributing to the CompTIA, uh, you know, efforts, uh, mentoring, um, speaking, and, and just speaking up internally when, when I see things that I, I think need to be changed. Um, and just having that courageousness. That's awesome. Um, and I think, you know, you hit on a very valid point. Um, this work does indeed take courage. So um, uh, thank you, Suzanne. That's, that, that's, that's a real gem right there. Um, who wants to, does anybody else want to add on to that? Yeah, you know, that, this is Val. I'd love to, you know, when, when I was just thinking about this question, for me, uh, it can't, you know, I was surprised that the question made me reflect so much, honestly. Um, 
because, you know, DEI, a lot of it, you know, a lot of times I think about it in the space of, you know, our work or, or you know, maybe we think about it in the space of, you know, democracy right now with some of the things that are going on in the country. Um, I just came to the a place where if I'm trying to articulate, like, why do I care? Uh, it's really, for me, thinking that diversity and inclusion is about fundamentally honoring the humanity of every person. Right. And um, if you think of it from that perspective, it's absolutely nonstop. It's not about work. It's not about, you know, uh, only your, your friends. It's not, you know, it's not limited. It's, it's really about humanity being honored at every turn. Right. Um, and uh, I would like to see that perv- you know, become much, much more pervasive. And I would also say, you know, you were the question at first uh, tied back to incidents of the last year, but, you know, we've had a precedent in this country of hundreds of years of not honoring one another's humanity. Right. And so there's a lot of work to do um, for that, to, to try and shift the culture to honor everybody's humanity. And I also believe you see this happening in corporate America right now that you know, there, there's a lot of bring your authentic self to work, bring all of you to work. Um, if we can all bring everything that we have to offer, this would be, and have that recognized and celebrated, uh, this country and this world would be a much, much better place. And that's the world I wanna live in. Amen. <laughs> um, I love about you know, what you said about honoring everybody's humanity. Um, and that's something you can do in the office, outside of the office, um, while you're playing a frisbee golf. <laughs> um, you can do it everywhere. And if you take that value with you, um, you'll make the world a better place every time you show up somewhere. So um, love that. Um, so I'm going to go on to the, the next question. And Um, This one's focusing on um, the dozens of studies about the benefits that organizations gain when they embrace inclusion and belonging. Yet, I'm willing to bet that there are millions of workers out there in environments where they don't feel welcomed or valued. And at the same time, there are workers out there seeking ways to become allies to marginalized individuals. So let's begin with the fact that inclusion begins with an I. Let's unpack that and talk about how we as individuals can empower ourselves to model the change that we want to see. Caroline, let's uh, have you kick us off with that one. Uh, Yeah, and thank you. And, you know, when I was reviewing this question, it, I came, came to the fact that, you know, as the business owner, what can I bring to my business and then also to the communities that I'm involved with? so that everyone feels included. And that can be, you know, asking someone to step up and say, hey, I didn't hear your opinion. Or bringing it to, back to the, the kind of what you said, when we know better, we do better. And to, to have those changes come up just on a daily basis. I have two daughters and I wanna leave this to the fact of this world so that they're not the only women in the room or, or, um, or even with my employees that everyone feels like they have a voice and that they can't, can make a difference. You know, 
Um, I have daughters as well, Caroline, and um, one of the reasons that I am so passionate about this work is for that very reason. Um, you don't want them to be the, the lonely onlys in the room, and you want to you know, leave this place a better place for them, and, and also to educate them on how to navigate the world and tell the world what they need in order to be their best selves. So if they're not getting what they want, they, we have to educate them on, on how to speak up and ask for it. So um, thank you for sharing that, Caroline. Uh, what about uh, you, Susanna Val? How would you like to uh, chime in on this? <laughs> I think what's, in, what's really important, um, when you said the letter I, I thought of the letter E, and there were two things that, that came to mind. Um, the first being empathy. I think it's really difficult for you to advocate for change or, or be an ally if you can't have empathy for the, the groups in question, like really thinking about their struggles, their hardships, um, you know, their lack of privileges. So I think developing that empathy is very important. And I think the way that you do that is through educating yourself. And when I say educating, um, you know, definitely having dialogues with people, but also taking it a step further and not having the expectation that it's other people that should be providing this education for you. It's like, you've got to be active and, you know, demonstrating that you genuinely and sincerely care and, and want to be better at helping these groups. So just spending the time to, educate yourself, learn the issues, learn the struggles, and, and really listen. You know, I, I, I think that's some really sage advice. And I really like what you said about educating yourself. Um, it just, you know, increases to the, uh, increases the burden of the people who are most negatively impacted by, you know, the, the, the racism, um, the prejudices, the inequalities, when, we have to stop to educate others. Um, I, I think it's really important that, you know, our allies and people who just aren't aware of the issues um, take the time to educate themselves and that would position them to, you know, become better allies and, um, and to be able to, you know, step in and, and be more effective when they do. So um, I, I love that, uh, Suzanne, especially about the, the empathy piece. So I'm, I'm going to go on to the uh, the next question, and it's about um, you know the just getting started. I believe that the greatest obstacle to any endeavor is just getting started. So, what advice do you have to help our future and current change agents uh, launch their uh, launch their journey, Val? Um, you know, if if you want to get started, I think that. Uh, there is something to one acknowledge that it is an ongoing process, right? It's not a one and done. You're not, it's not suddenly going to be resolved. This is a, a long, long-term issue. Um, so to pace yourself, right? <laughs> Basically. <laughs> the other thing I think is really, really important is to find allies. Uh, like people that you, if you're working in a large company, you know, to find some, some other people who can help you push DEI in the organization, and if you're in a smaller organization, to find folks in your industry so that you can do the education piece together. You can push uh, DEI more 
coherently as a, a bigger thing instead of just a, a single person. The more people you have working with you to create a, um, a diverse, equitable, inclusive environment, the better, whether that environment is just within your company or it's an industry. And I would also suggest, you know, saying, okay, you imagine you've got uh, someone who just decided that they're going to dip their toe in and start working on this. Think of some things you could actually do, right? You know, we'll write a list down of 10 things you could actually do in the next 30, 60, 90 days and what you'd like to accomplish in a year hmm. and make it bite-sized. That's right? powerful. <laughs> just plan it out a little bit and make it you know, something doable. I, I think there's a lot that we can do simply with, so, you know, our social networks. You know, I don't think that that's the long-term solution, but it's something where you can start pushing um, different conversations through our, our social networks quite easily, elevating voices that are not getting heard uh, through your own network. You know, there are a lot of things that are not uh, heavy lifts, you know, there are quite a few other things that are heavy lifts and I'll give a pause there and, and see if anyone wants to address those. Caroline, Suzanne, how about you? Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I can tackle this one as well. Um, I think the first part of it is kind of what Suzanne was saying before is having the education behind it. Also know you're going to make mistakes. I, I think we've all been in those situations that we've made the, the mistakes and having the courage to be able to go back and say, and have the humility to go back and say, wow, I didn't think of it that way. Or I, I didn't understand that. Thank you for sharing and, and making sure that you go into it with, with the fact that there's no silver bullet in this. I think we all wish we could just flip a switch and tomorrow you know, everything would look a lot different, but it's not there. And it's just going to be a lot of those smaller conversations to kind of help us um, continue the journey forward. You know, those are like, you know, the last couple of comments are just, you know, really key takeaways, humility, empathy, um, pace yourself. Um, you know, it, it doesn't have to be difficult to do. Um, you know, you can make this um, something that's that's achievable if you just take the time to think about it and write it down and have a plan. So um, I, I, I love um, you know, the, the advice that you're sharing here. Suzanne, your head's nodding. You wanna jump in? <laughs> yeah, I, I think Caroline really, uh, really hit, hit, on, hit in on something that um, is, I think is important for everyone that's engaging in, in these conversations to understand is that you're, there's going to be mistakes. There's going to be difficult conversations. There's there, there's going to be those periods where you might need to take a breath, you know, from talking with somebody and saying, you know, let's put a pin on this and, and talk about this another time. And you know, it, it is to be expected. These are not these are not easy things that we're talking about. There and as you said about, there's no. There's no answer. There's no right answer on, on how to address these issues. The point though, is that you keep having the conversations and you keep doing the work until we, we see the changes that we wanna see. That's, um, I don't know if, if, if you're familiar with the term, keep on keeping on. I don't know who came up with that song, but 
Um, that's what I'm hearing in my soul right now. Just keep on keeping on for sure. Uh, <laughs> um, because that's how you're going to get to the other side, right? So, um, you know, this, Caroline, I'm sorry, I have something to add. Yeah. And the one thing everyone's, I think a lot of people are on this journey that are in different stages. And I think having the realization that, you know, your chapter 10, it may not be their chapter one. And so realizing that there is a really broad span of where people land on it. And so that you can go into those conversations in, in that, in that space. Yeah. It's kind of um, bloom where you planted. Mm-hmm. Everybody's not going to start at the, at the same spot, but again, the important thing is to start. Um, and, you know, it, it's my hope that, you know, that, um, you know, our audience is, is, is taking these, um, these nuggets of advice to heart. And I'd love to hear for them to, you know, share with us their journey um, in our LinkedIn group about, you know, what they've done and, and what the outcome is. Um, keep the conversation going. Um, the journey of leading uh, DEI efforts when or whether or not uh, you're in charge is going to be very different for those who have employers that believe in the value of diversity versus employers who, who just aren't there yet. So for our change agents who find themselves in the latter situation, it's, it's an awful, awful predicament. And how can we help them evaluate the risk and whether to lean into their courage? Yeah, um, I think it's important to acknowledge that this is a risk, right? You know, it'd be lovely to live in a world where this wasn't a risk. It, it, in an organization like that, this you, you just have to know it is a risk. Uh, I do believe we all have a question to ask ourselves, which is who do we want to be, right? Whether there's a risk or not, who do we want to be? And then when you can answer that, if you, the answer is, I want to be someone who is impacting diversity, equity, and um, inclusion, then you start to look at what can you influence, who can you influence, what impact can you have? And then you start, you know, <laughs> you can tell I'm a planner, you start <laughs> stripping away at it. You know, who, who can you meet with? Who can you get to, you know, potentially turn the tide there? I also am a big believer in highlighting other companies uh, and, and, you know, potentially leaders that are on this journey and creating a sense of FOMO or fear of missing out, or I also call it positive peer pressure, so that the leadership of the organization you're part of starts to think that they're missing the boat and missing the results that they could have because of, of their lack of attention and engagement with DEI. So that's another piece. And then I think um, you know, fundamentally, leaving is an option. You, you know, you have to consider it. And you also need to think about that at, sort of at the beginning. Like, if this doesn't go the way you want and you find out the company is not who you thought it was or the leadership is not who you thought it was, you know, where do you want to go? What do you want to do? Um, I, I feel, you know, I was thinking about this before, you know, before the call a little bit and thought, um, my wife, worked for a company that held their, uh, she's a realtor, held their annual sales award ceremony at a country club. It's, you know, super normal, you know, happens all the time. 
and she was about to go and she told a friend here in town about it and they said you can't go and she she's asking you what's going on turns out that that country club did not allow black members and did not allow women to be members unless their husband had I don't even know if at the time if the husband had died if they could still have the membership whoa so she you know she went and talked and this is not like ancient history right this is <laughs> I wish it was right it was like five years ago ten years ago right and she went and talked to the CEO of the company and he said you know what I'm just going to keep doing it so she n- refused to go and every year she had the same conversation with them um and eventually she left the company. That, you know, that is just a story that illustrates, you know, sometimes when you take a stand, it turns out differently than you expect. I, I should also finish this up with, she went to another company that happens to be uh, led by a, a black CEO and uh, she loves it. It's a great fit for her values and she's doing better than ever, right? So. Yeah, she can be herself and, and do her thing. Yes. Yeah, without any judgment or that's beautiful. I, I wish that for you know a lot of our listeners that they that they can have that. Um, Suzanne or Caroline, how do um, uh, you know how do you want to um, you know what do you want to share about this? I think um, you know it, it's especially in places where you know the culture obviously doesn't feel like it's going to change or they're, they're not receptive. Uh, I, I think sometimes what's helpful is, is also finding people who are like-minded and feel the same way as you so that you don't feel as if you are taking the, the burden of change on, on your own, because you'd be, sometimes you'd be very, very surprised by folks who have similar view sets and, and, and values and, and how adamantly they feel about something, but for whatever reasons, it just never, never came up in, in, in conversation. Um, I, I remember after my book was published and I was working at, a, at IBM at the time, I was really surprised by the, the people internally that reached out to me. And there were certain folks that I that had known, you know, that this was what I was planning on doing on, on writing this book and you know, trying to help other women of color in. But um, many people who didn't look like me uh, didn't have my experiences and, you know, didn't share all of my beliefs. They were just like, well, I, I want to help. I want to get involved. And I, and I, and I want to, you know, help do something internally. How do I help you to do that? Like, you know, how do I help you to be, you know, a more effective change agent or how can I be a change agent myself? So mm-hmm. I, I think it's important to, to seek out like-minded people uh, because there is something to be said about you know, having many, many voices and, and going against the tide. And having support <laughs> along exactly. the way. Right, yeah. <laughs> Caroline, take us home. What are, your, what are your final thoughts here? Yeah, I think, you know, a lot with what Val said, you have to find where that line is for you. And remember that line looks different for other people. And then when that line gets crossed, then that's a question of, is this really the place for me? Is this the culture that I'm going to grow in? Or is this something that I'm just going to continue beating my head against that this change isn't going to happen and my efforts can work in other places. And it's just not the time for that organization. That's very true. 
Um, if you find yourself in a situation where you feel that you can't change, you definitely um, have a decision to make. And sometimes it's just for your own well-being. Yes. So um, I, I just want to say thank you all for um, all of your great advice and your examples and um, gosh, and, and just your, your insights to be able to, to help our listeners um, help the community and the industry move forward when it comes to diversity, equity, and inclusion. So um, I thank you all again for your time and I will um, you know, see you guys, or I'm sorry, see you ladies. There's <laughs> <laughs> the guy on the call. I will see you ladies um, on the next podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks, Yvette, it was a pleasure. Thank Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the CompTIA BizTech podcast. For more information on CompTIA membership, communities, and councils, visit comptia.org slash membership. If you enjoyed this podcast, the greatest compliment you can give us is subscribing, sharing, and liking the broadcast. 